I'm Becky. How are you today, Becky? I'm good. Technology has failed us. Oh, no. What yeah. happened? We're a technology company. This is bad. I, I know. And, and for someone who loves technology as much as I do, it seems like technology is getting overly complicated and that it's not doing what it's supposed to do anymore. And are you talking about technology in general or are you talking about any specific technology? I'm talking about phone systems. Oh. <laughs> It's uh, it's been a rough, troubling uh, week for the past week. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. you know, we got a, a new phone system, right? Yes. And, you know, that is one of the most painful experiences because you never know how much you actually use phones until they're gone. Well, it, I mean, it's not just the use of the phone. It's the relying on the ability to go and find a phone call if you need to listen to one mm-hmm. and – now all of that has changed, and so it's yeah, new phones, new buttons, and yeah, and nothing set up right. I mean, hell, I went a week without a phone on my desk. I finally got one. That's good. I, I know I actually didn't have a phone. I'm like the only person in the company that didn't have a phone. But uh, one of the CEO, that's kind of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be talking to anybody. Um, but uh, the the other side of that is is that. Really, it's caused me to take a look at like collaboration tools as a whole. Yeah. And I think that really there's a ton of really great collaboration tools that I think are great for an organization. You know, something like Skype or Slack or Teams or whatnot. And one of the things that is a distinct thing that's not happening is that there isn't one that is creating a forum for the insurance industry. And it's, kind of odd that you know that there used to be insurance forums but that's kind of gone down the wayside there's there's not much traffic on those those forums these days and i've been you know thinking how do we create kind of like a collaboration that everybody can get into using slack or using teams or whatever it may be that just people can talk about and they can have an ongoing dialogue because the old school forums where you go in there make a post and reply to post and all that you know we're past that we have the ability now to, you know, have real-time communications, and I think that we need to find a way to make this industry actually have one. I'm sure there's got to be one out there. I know <laughs> Coverager has its own Slack channel, but I think you have to be a subscriber to that newsletter. Yeah, well, you know, not always a subscriber to that newsletter. Well, I know. I, know. I was just talking about, like, for the industry. I haven't looked at that Slack in a while, though, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure how active it is or has been. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, you know, whenever you have all this technology and, you know, it it just got me thinking after the phone debacle is that we have, um, you know, infinite ways to communicate with people these days. And uh, whenever this, you know, you lost the phones, you're like, wait a minute, I can text, I can email, I can do all these other things. You're like, wait a minute, I really do use phones on a regular basis. Yeah. But uh, so I've been I've been trying to find ways that uh, technology cannot fail me anymore because I'm a big believer in technology. And whenever it doesn't work out for me, mm, it makes me a little grumpy. It's not infallible. Hmm. Should be. Well, it's not. I know. And but that but that's the worry whenever it comes to like autonomous vehicles and AI and, you know, all right. that is that the inf- the <laughs> the fact that it's not infallible um, shows up and. uh you know, they, they enslave us all. 
Are, are we going with the, the Terminator script? <clears throat> <Da-da-da>. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. <laughs> I mean, would you do you think that there come a point where um, it becomes man versus machine, or do you think that men, man and um, and machine will meld? Like we'll have implants and stuff like that. I think it's going to be more like Black Mirror, where we where it's implanted, which is scary. Also, at the same time, did you ever watch any of that? Mm-hmm. I've seen some of them, but they're all over the place. It's they like, are. I mean, so I didn't know exactly what you meant about the implanting. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, there's there's one episode where, you know, this girl goes to a, a – uh, well, that that one had a little bit where uh, she goes to the museum in the middle of nowhere. And I don't think I saw that one. I only saw about three before I was like, this is this is just too disturbing Oh, it, it's, that I had to stop watching. Oh, yeah. This, this is one where the – um, the museum proprietor is like imprisoning people, um, you know, for his house of horrors and stuff like that. So it was a pretty, it got me. It was, it, yeah. But well, I was thinking more like the one where they have this chip implanted where they can go back and relive any moment of their life. Mm-hmm. Right. Where, where it's like, there's, there's no longer this. I don't remember that. No, you can rewind it in your head and view it as if you were there again. Oh, I've already got that chip implanted. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I'm one of those people that like, you know, get in an argument and I'm like, on this day, at this time, we were doing this, 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 you were wearing that. And I'm gonna because that's how I replay things in my head is I reset up the scene. Yeah. So it's, it's been fun with girls I've dated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're you're uh, hard to argue with sometimes. I will, <laughs> I will agree on that. Yeah, like like the you know I'm trying to trying to lose weight, so I'm on the low carb. So the second you set a chip and plant in your head, I was like, is it Doritos? Is it Cool Ranch? <laughs> what kind of chip is this? Because I'm I'm really craving some carbs these days. The Cheetos Puff. Cheetos Puff. Hey, oh, did you see? Um, do you remember the old school planters cheese balls? Oh yeah, yeah. They brought them back. Did they really? Oh, yeah. And they're so good. <laughs> they don't taste – like the other kind, like the knockoff, just like generic brand, don't taste the same. You have – they taste exactly like they used to. Like it was like – you know how they come in that little, you know, oversized Pringle container? Yeah. And, you know, it was like one TV show later, that thing was – I was <laughs> – Gone. I looked like a cat sticking my head in it. <laughs> <laughs> Looking, mm. looking the cheese dust. Yeah, all that cheese dust. Yeah, and you know there, there's the Utes, UTZ. Um, they do those knockoff ones. They're the ones that you know have the you know fifty five gallon big old things you get at Sam's. <laughs> but they have a uh, they only do it in the winter, and it's a white cheddar one, and it's really good. So it's almost as close as the Planters cheese balls, but not. Mm. Now I'm hungry. I know. I want to go get some cheese balls. <laughs> Walk in the store. Ma'am, may I help you? I need cheese balls. <laughs> Show me the cheese balls. <laughs> Give me all your cheese and no one gets hurt. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, that's the beauty of the show is that we started off on me hating on technology. Now, <laughs> now we're, we're talking about cheese balls. <laughs> now we sound like a bunch of stoners. Give me cheese balls. <laughs> <laughs> the schnozberries taste like schnozberries. <laughs> uh, shoot, we probably should get this episode going. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So, 
I wanted to talk about Legion. Oh, okay. And how there are services out there that a lot of agents use to buy leads. Okay. Right. Yep. There's um, ones that are quality and exclusive, and then there's the ones that are are um, shared. So it's all about the high number of leads. Correct. Now it seems like the focus, you know, in in somewhat of the recent past, has been on that quality and exclusive, where you you're the only person getting that lead. But it seems like. These days, it's more about quantity and and how you're having to share those leads. Well, now now that's – I think that it's switched because every lead is is a great lead. Like here, I got my business card right here. I walk up to you at Starbucks, right? All right. I don't go to Starbucks. Let's say I walk up to you at Pecan Lodge. (laughs) (laughs) It's a barbecue place for anybody who's not from Dallas. (laughs) So you and I are walking up and, and, and I'm talking to you and you say, hey, I do X, Y, Z. I'm, I'm a marketing person. And I'm like, oh, I'm looking for a marketing job or a marketing position. And I hand you my business card. That's all I need. Right. That's all you need. And it gives you name, number. That's all you need to move Email forward. address. Exactly. Yeah. And so a lead, that's a lead. A card, like my business cards for people that are here, does not have our address on it. It has my cell phone number, an email address, and our website. Yep. And so those those are all you need and that's a lead to me. Any insurance agent, any insurance carrier gives me their card, I consider that a lead. And I work that lead as I should as I see fit. And so back in the day, um whenever everybody was really focusing on running that high quality lead, mm-hmm. they were sitting there, you know, paying big bucks to get these leads, but they wanted them exclusive and high quality and all that and they cost a lot of money. Yeah. But people figured it out is that a lot of people were buying these shared leads like they were getting distributed to four, five, ten people and they weren't following up on them, the the people that were buying them. Mm-hmm. And so people that were really good at following up, they created a process to follow up. They did automated marketing, had a call center, had good technology to make sure that they ran it quickly. And they were calling you back within minutes of you getting those and you're the first one. Now, what happens is, I mean, if you ever want to have an enemy, <clears throat> you know, sign them up for a couple uh, websites uh, for Legion. You know, yeah. just put their name in there and they're going to get 50, 60 calls easy. But if you were the first ones, if you're the ones that say, hey, here's the information. I got it all for you right now and we're done. And that lead freezes on you. They're going to ignore every other call. And so organizations that have a really good ability to sell. And they have multiple products to sell, so they're not an exclusive or whatnot. They're going to be awesome, right? And that's and that's where that that things change. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's you know having Legion is it's not necessarily hard, but it takes effort. So you either have to be buying the leads from someone, or you have to be actually working doing the work to bring in those leads. To your own organization, right? Um, and and there are there are companies out there who have done that work, where they are generating leads through pay per click advertising, or uh, you know advertising on Facebook, or you know an SEO strategy where they're getting all of that traffic into themselves. And that if you if you're willing to put in 
that work and or investment of your marketing dollars, then you're generating the leads for yourself and you're not having to share that across with anybody else. Mm -hmm. But not everybody is set up that way. Nor, you know, if you want to ramp. Right. If you want to say, hey, I want to jump in and, you know, I want to, you know, dip my toe in the water or build a book while I'm building the technology and building out all of my properties on the web, that's where it can be cool. Right. Right. Um, Because it's, I mean, you know, pay-per-click, especially in this industry, can get expensive very quickly. (laughs) You think? Very, very quickly. Like, I, I, you know, I I miss the old AdWord tool that would tell you what the going rate is. But, you know, um, auto insurance, Dallas, there was times that it was over $200 a click. Yeah. And, and the, you're not even selling at that point. That's just getting them to your website. Yeah. And then then you go down this value proposition and you go, okay, well, let's say that you get a click. Let's say fantastic conversion rate of 50%. That's fantastic. That would conversion, be unheard of. I, but that's conversion rate from this them filling out a form off the click. Right. Now, let's talk about a little bit more realistic um, close rate. Let's say 25%. No, no. Let's, let's really get it. Let's say – Fifty percent. So a lead comes in, you close one out of two, right? Well, now that's actually one out of four that you got in the door, right? Because remember, you only got half, and so then that two hundred dollars spend is now eight hundred dollars. And that's why you know the big guys like State Farm and Progressive and Geico can pay those numbers because they don't have they can they don't have to pay an agent in between, and they know they can keep that business for a long time. And that's one of the problems with using a pay-per-click strategy on a grand scale because it gets very, very expensive. And you really can't compete with someone who has better margins on their own business. Right. Progressive's got a better margin on a agency or on a lead that they sold themselves because they don't have to pay an agency. Right. It is what it is. Right. I think pay-per-click can work better when you are focused on more niche <laughs> business right yeah. where you're not have where you're not going after right where you're not going after large metropolitan areas for auto insurance correct you got niche market and geography and even in large cities geography broken down by cities neighborhoods people are searching and google's gotten really good about whenever there's a special neighborhood like there's a neighborhood here in uh, dallas called bent tree it's actually in plano mm-hmm. it's a whole neighborhood i mean it's it's good 15 I'd probably say it's 15 square miles of what is considered bent tree. And you can actually do pay-per-click for auto insurance bent tree. And then what happens is when people are searching in that area, it goes, oh, I recognize this keyword, and it goes after it. Yeah. So yeah. No. So, so what does this article say? Well, it's, there, it's this article is actually on Policy Genius. Okay. Are you familiar with Policy Genius? Not really. Okay. Um. They started off on life insurance, selling life insurance through licensed agents, essentially. Um, but recently, they've they've added other lines: um, disability, renters, homeowners, pet health, but also auto. So all of their lines that they offer, except auto, they do through their own licensed reps. Mm-hmm. Auto. They're actually using a referral model. So any leads that they're having for auto insurance, they are selling. Okay. Um, Does it say who they sell them to? Uh, 
Coverhound, Liberty Mutual, Allstate, USAA, and State Farm. Okay. Um, Again, people that can pay hefty numbers for it. Right. But and, and cover and Coverhound was one of them. Yes. Yeah, Coverhound. They're they're the, they're the quote unquote aggregator of that. They're the ones that do the rest. <laughs> right. Um, but it's you know they were talking about how you know you can generate traffic and and they use Everquote. You're familiar with Everquote um, as an example. So. They said Everquote generates a hundred. Well, I'm not not a hundred. A thousand two hundred and fifty nine percent more traffic than Policy Genius. That it with a staff that's only one hundred and three percent bigger. So, in other words, for every Policy Genius employee, that company attracts four thousand and two hundred website visits. Whereas for Everquote, for every Everquote employee, they generate twenty eight thousand six hundred visits. Okay. So, but. Their strategies are a little bit different. Yeah, and and the thing is, those strategies can change. I mean, Everquote right. was whenever it was back with and whenever it was called Ad Harmonics, they were crushing it. Yeah, they were getting leads. They they figured out the algorithm, but the algorithm can change on a moment's notice. Uh, Quote Wizard, they were doing really well. They were really capitalizing on the the massive content strategy. They were doing as much content as anything, and they created tens of thousands of articles um, a year. From their website, and they were like, you know, oh, you have a Toyota Prius, the you know, in San Francisco. Well, that that costs X. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I saw the other day um, a bumper sticker on a Prius that says "Cool Prius Dash Nobody." (laughs) 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 So so it's like said no one. Um, but you know, they created a really good 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 strategy, and so Policy Genius, they're probably capitalizing on their existing properties, yeah. their existing flows, and that that's great. That's what you should do. Is that I would talk to any agency that if you have a website that's doing really good in one market, why not you know try to leverage that lit and lift you up in another market? Yeah. But uh, you know, but getting into auto leads and property casualty type leads versus the health, life, and disability market is that. It's tough because yeah. there's a lot of people already there making a lot of money. And if you watch any any um, any sporting event, it's like every commercial break is bookended by two different um, insurance commercials. You know, it's Progressive and Allstate, all farmers and State Farm. I mean, Geico, it, Geico, the the amount of money, and then just go to like it's. <clears throat> One of my one of my games whenever I go to a, like a ballpark or something like that is spot the insurance ad. <laughs> There's always at least one. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's it's always fine. You know sometimes you're like okay that's a little bit of a reach, but one day we were we were sitting at uh, Safeco Field and you know we're just looking around like looking for all the insurance like ads and my, you're in Safeco Field <laughs> looking for the insurance stop, ads. Because <laughs> we're looking around like there is no there is no insurance ads. That's that's odd. This is the first time. Oh, where it is. <laughs> the seats we were sitting in had the word Safeco on them. <laughs> Our tickets had the word Safeco on them. The billboard had Safeco on it. I mean, it was just you overlooked it because it was everywhere. It was everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I always wonder, you know, when when you go to a place like that and it's Globe Life Park or Safeco Field or you know whatever, how do you measure the ROI on that? 
<laughs> you don't. And in fact, I, I, I think that sports sponsorships and, um, you know, we could probably talk about this next week, but you know, sports is just, you know, I, I think sports in general is in trouble. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the, the first one was if you had to think of a sport that had advertising everywhere, what would it be? Uh, NASCAR. Yeah. They have how many, how many like badges do they wear on their, (laughs) and not to mention their cars. It's like, just like not a square inch of car that is not covered by a logo. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it's like, uh, they look like the back of a hippies, uh, VW, uh, van, (laughs) just covered in stickers. And And so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's changing, and, and the reason I'm bringing that up is that advertisements are fleeing. Yeah, and you know the traditional ones like you know alcohol and smoking and all that. Now it's all frowned upon. Pound, a pound. <laughs> upon 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 the pond. And, you have any gray poupon? Oh, uh, gray poupon um, over the pound <laughs> uh, of the pound uh, on the pond. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But yes. I digress. Yes. Um, I have no clue how they sit there and get an ROI because, you know, when we go to trade shows um, or any event that like an agent would be doing at like a state fair or a local farmer's market or whatnot where they have some kind of event or tent or something like that, they, um, they, they've got to be measuring. It's really easy to measure how many leads you get. But, you know, how many people walked into Safeco Field and goes, oh, I had such a good time. I'm going to buy a Safeco policy. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. No. I mean, and then, you know, you get Ameri- – I mean, I think American Airlines has three different centers named after them. There's the American Airlines Center, the American Airlines Arena. I think there's another one in um, in Phoenix. I don't know what it's called if it is, but American Airlines something. <laughs> American Airlines basketball hole. <laughs> have you seen speaking of basketball? Have you noticed that uh, basketball NBA now has logos? Um, they have uh, they have an advertisement on their shirts. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's like in the Mavericks are like five mile, and like the Spurs are like uh, Frost Bank. And I'm like, again, where's the ROI on that? Uh. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, and there's going to be <laughs> we should go look up Cleveland Cavaliers probably have or <clears throat> someone someone from Columbus at that point they're going to have uh, logos of insurance companies. Yeah. But uh yeah. I have no clue where we were. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh getting back to uh, policy genius is it leveraging those those uh, every all those properties to drive leads and get something out of it right now is a great thing. We just you know what can agents take away from this is that they can do the same thing. They can work with lead aggregators. They can buy leads. They can generate their own leads. They can sell their leads to other people that are out of state. They can create referral programs. Um, I know an agency that created a referral program with a state farm. Um, agency yeah. that every single time that there was a, a big commercial policy that State Farm couldn't cover, they would refer it over to this agency. And that agency would just walk and give them like five different lotto tickets. Well, one day, one of those hot lotto tickets hit for like $5,000. Wow. 
And, you know, then they're like, oh, this is so great. And they send all their leads to them for the commercial business. I don't yeah. know if they still do that. But there's a w- there's ways to do lead exchange programs that are above and beyond even just what you do um, online. Right. Well, I mean, you know, if you get a lead in and you can't sell that lead for whatever reason, somebody else can. So yeah. having a program in place where you can share that back and forth is beneficial. Yeah. And, you know – but that leads to that this is a social business is that we need to continue to maintain relationships and network and have some kind of forum where we can sit there and talk and, and debate and all of that and, and better understand it. Right. And then, but even still the, we need the social part, but we also need the technology to be able to sell that because time that clock is ticking on a lead. And as soon as you determine that you're not going to be able to sell it, you need to get pass that off quickly to somebody who can so they have a chance of closing it because the more time that passes between when they show interest and when they get followed up with, you're less likely to close. The law of diminishing intent. Yes. So that whenever someone is uh, – they, they are ready to buy. They, they're right there and you don't, you're not there at that point of sale, then, then you start to lose. And every moment past that, it just diminishes. Right. Oh, that's a salesperson. <laughs> salesperson, you know, it's like, um, you know, you should be calling a lead within the first hour of yeah. you getting it in. Absolutely. Because it, you're just, A, you become, every every minute past when it comes in, you're losing an opportunity, A, to get them on the phone, and B, to close it. Well, the other the other side for sure is, you know, shelf, uh, same with... <laughs> You're having trouble today. <laughs> Shameless plug. We're going upcoming. Uh. <clears throat> I'm going to reboot. <laughs> um, I hit all control delete on my brain. I, I feel better now. There you Everything's go. good. There's um, blue screen. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you saw my eyes roll back to the back of my head. The Laird's blue screen of death just showed. <laughs> <laughs> Call Microsoft support. <laughs> we need to get a technician out here. Um, uh, shameless plug upcoming here is, um, you know, but also you need to make sure you have the technology that you can actually take that lead that qualifies under you. It, you it's a sales qualified lead and you're able to give them what they want quickly. Yeah. Because, you know, really the numbers are you have seven and a half minutes. That's it. Because they could be getting a quote from Geico, they can get a quote from Insurance, State Farm, all of these places, and um, you know, like like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, uh, had an insurance agency quote in our business, and you know, just never got back to us. Yeah. And the other agency was calling us daily, saying, "Hey, I'm working on this, and you know, I've got and this is a complex policy, so I don't expect it's, you know, run it into, you know, you don't just, expect the quote in 15 minutes or less, correct, but." <laughs> You know, I expect someone working it. And whenever you've got to look at who your competitors are, and if they're able to provide a quote in five minutes, you better be able to do it as well. Well, I mean, I think that also goes to the point of using technology where you can so that you're not losing an opportunity when you're not there, right? Like having live quotes on a website where – on your website where someone who wants a quote can get one. And even better if they can bind it directly there. Why not? Yeah. 
That's, you're, you're, that you just sold a policy without having to spend any time on it. Why would you not want to do that? No, because I need to build a relationship. I need to build value. Relationship can come after you have that policy in the door. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I agree. Um, you know, I, I never really like shopping at Walmart, and I happen to buy something from Walmart for the Christmas shopping season. And uh, now my inbox is littered with Walmart. They... they, they <laughs> They are um, dropping value emails on my ass all the time. <laughs> you know, that, that's when you hit unsubscribe. Oh, there's no unsubscribe link in the email. Oh, that's problem. Yeah, it is. And I, I you know, I, I I do think that they're within the letter of the law. But I have to. Then you go to their website, and it's like you know, on mobile, there's no real easy on mobile way on mobile to understand where to unsubscribe. Mm. And so I had to dig it out and find it and got on the computer and actually did it yeah. in school, which is a problem. But I think they did it on purpose mm. because technically I was able to unsubscribe and the email stopped. That's good. Yeah. I'm all for email marketing, but sometimes there is such a thing as too much. <laughs> you, should just, you should create a hashtag for your hatred. <laughs> <laughs> Chris uh, Chris Beeler replied to one of them last week. He's like, I, sarcasm noted. I was like, you know, <laughs> I get so much of this email that I, I reach a point where I, my sarcasm just – I can't hold it back. It comes out. Scanning for sarcasm? Sarcasm found. <laughs> just – I can't. I can't reach – I reached that breaking point. I yeah, I can't. mean it, in, in the ones you're doing – the 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 ones that I like that you you do I get them as well but it's effectively just following up on my automated email that I sent you the other day with another automated email and you know it's like the, they keep replying to the chain it's yeah. like just making sure you saw my automated email below and you know and then a week later did you not get my automated email you know <laughs> <laughs> oh I got it. Oh, I got it. I got the one before it. I got the all of them. I got the family. <laughs> I saw one today where it was like repeal is the key word to like opt out of this. I'm like, no, that's repeal. Who uses repeal? <laughs> dumb. Repeal. Repeal. That's, I gotta go find it now because <laughs> I was like, what? To unsubscribe from this email, please reply with supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> That is that is the day's unsubscribe word of the day. Actually, I may have blocked it as spam and then hard deleted it, so I don't know if I have it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's my other thing. If I unsubscribe and you still send me email, or if I don't have a way of unsubscribing, guess what? I'm marking you as spam, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. I actually uh, helped somebody f- fill out a can spam complaint. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone violated it. No, I don't know if it went anywhere, but... Well, I just know when I hit when I mark you as spam, that's going to hurt your sending IP. Yes, it is. Which means you're going to have a harder time getting into inboxes. Yeah, and and you know, with with all of the, you know, uh, like a lot of people are using Office 365 for their email, and all those heuristics are coming together, and they're creating mm-hmm. a better and better profile. And you know, there there's they have this advanced threat protection where they charge you. And uh, <laughs> whenever they, uh, we turned that on after we paid them more money, um, man, the the amount of junk went down. The phishing emails really slowed down. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Although I did get an I did get an email from a distraught widow who had some 
millions left to her from her husband that she's not going to live much longer and she doesn't have any children to pass it off to. And would I, would I like to have her millions? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, the, the, <clears throat> there, there's a, uh, someone was trying to fish me. And so I, uh, I started replying. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man um it's <laughs> a great story <laughs> i can't tell it <laughs> that's the unfortunate part i, I can't tell it because uh, it got uh it went off the rails oh nice and <laughs> they started calling me names <laughs> oh no yeah, so <laughs> oh no oh that's bad yeah but uh all right well you got anything more on that that uh no, Article? that's about it. Mm. What are you doing this weekend? Um, I think my niece's birthday party. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well. What about you? I'll be in Vegas. Oh, right. Yeah. At the. And by the way, yes, we're not recording this on Friday. Because <laughs> <laughs> I won't be here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'll be in uh, Vegas at the I-A-O-A-O-A. Meeting, whatever that is, the independent, independent and agency owners, owners of America. No, I think it's association. Associations of America right. Limited <laughs> Group Incorporated. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think we're done for today, huh? I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Listeners about lead generation. What do you? What are your favorite methods for getting leads into your business? It is up on Twitter. I am Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. Or use the hashtag Insurance Happy Hour. You want to subscribe? I'm already subscribed. I am too. Should we subscribe again? <laughs> Should we like bump up our numbers? Should we install multiple podcast apps and just subscribe? <laughs> If we see you at a show and grab your phone, it's probably because we're going to subscribe you to our show. <laughs> well, I, remember, I remember talking to someone and they're like, hey, I've got, I've got uh, 100,000 subscribers. And I'm like, there's not 100,000 people in this industry that care that much. <laughs> well, check, check out your map. Some of them might be from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> half of our listeners are in Russia. <laughs> they're trying to figure out my password. Ooh, Laird likes Ernie. His password is Ernie1994. <laughs> Have you ever seen the, the whole thing of Bert is evil? No. Oh, man. Look up Bert is evil because he always has that kind of like evil look on him. Oh. And so people have photoshopped him in all types of places. I never got his obsession with pigeons. Uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, we talked about squirrels being rats with furry outfits. Pigeons are rats with wings. Gosh, you... <laughs> You gotta you gotta think about rats. You just don't like anything that is a that is vermin. Why would I? Yeah, I guess. You gotta love all animals. Disease infested. No. No. Anyway, if you have not subscribed yet, please do so. You can find us in just about every which way you find a podcast these days. Yep. All right. Well we'll uh we'll catch you next week, Becky. And as always. Thanks for listening. 
What's your favorite uh, childhood uh, TV show? Childhood? Like cartoon? Anything. You know, because I was, you know, Sesame Street. I watched uh, a lot of Sesame Street. Mr. Rogers. You know, big. I don't, I don't know if Mr. Rogers could could have made it in today's times. Oh, I think he really – I think he would have. Don't know. Someone would have uh, – you know, someone would have gotten triggered with him playing with puppets. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Come to my house and let's go to Never Never Land. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Don't ruin Mr. Rogers for me. <clears throat> you could say the same thing about Sesame Street. Snuffle off is a mystery. Yeah. I did not know he was an imaginary friend. Really? I did not. Like, literally, I think I was in my 30s when I realized, when I found out that something uh, like this was... They switch, since switched it because yeah. people, you know, again... But not when I was watching it. I know. Social justice warriors were all worried that kids kids thought that Big Bird was psychotic. <laughs> I didn't know. I never, ever realized that Snuffleupagus <clears throat> was his imaginary friend. Yeah. Like, I feel so, like, dumb. Yeah. Like, how did I not know that? I, I knew. Okay. Yeah. Well, who's your favorite uh, Sesame Street character? Probably Big Bird. Big Bird. Yeah. Mine was Ernie. Mm. Hey Bird. <laughs> Elmo was after me. I don't think Elmo yeah, came Elmo out until was, after was I was thing. done watching it. When I was a little kid, I loved Cookie Monster, but mm-hmm. it, it was just. Uh, the, the the bright the bright primary colors and the, <laughs> and the, the high movement and cookies flying all over the screen. I was happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how you make a happy Laird. <laughs> primary colors and chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> You're so simple. <laughs> I'm gonna have fun cutting that one out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just think about this old guy inviting kids oh, to play stop. in his house, <laughs> and it takes him to a very magical. He didn't have land. kids over in his house. He invited you in every day from the with the camera. Creepy. No. You know I'm right. No. You know I, I understand where you're coming from, but you understand that today that would trigger someone. You know it. Probably yes. 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 Playing with puppets, <laughs> coming to my house and go to Fairy Fairyland. What was the it was it Never Neverland, right? No, it was um uh, Make Believe Land. Make Believe Yeah. Land of Make Believe. Land of Make Believe. With King Friday. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, bye, bye.